What's up, fam? Hey, let's take a second. Let's welcome all of our family joining us online here around the city as well as around the world. We got some of our family in Mexico, Malaysia, and South Africa joining us today. What is up, everybody? Hey, guys, if you're just jumping in with us, over the past few weeks, we have been uh, hearing as God stirs our hearts back for mission. Right? There's way too many of us that are just kind of going through the motions, putting one foot in front of the other, not really going anywhere in this world. But God has been stirring our heart back for the mission of God, which is to fill the world with his image bearers. And here's what I know. I know that God made you in his image. I know that God put his gifts, his talents, and his abilities on the inside of you, not just to work a job and make some money, God put his gifts inside you so that they could find a way out of you for God's glory in the world around you. That's the big idea, okay? And when we are forgiven in the name of Jesus Christ, come to faith in Christ, have our sins washed away, are reconciled back to relationship with the Father, then we are sent on mission to go be fruitful and multiply, to release those gifts, talents, and abilities in our own unique way for God's glory and for our good. And just to boil it all the way down, God's mission for your life is to be a disciple of Jesus who makes disciples of Jesus who make disciples of Jesus, who make disciples of Jesus, who are fruitful and multiply and fill this earth with the glory of God, that you would do that in your own unique, beautiful way, but that you would do it. And this is the journey we're on, okay, is that we're breaking free out of this really toxic cycle of coming to church to watch the pastor do all the ministry, Come on, somebody. And we're saying every single one of us is called to ministry in our own unique context. Okay, my, one of my prime ministries is equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. But it's our dream that we would say, I'm not just gonna let the ministry go to me, I'm actually gonna let the ministry go through me. That I'm not just gonna be a consumer, I'm gonna be a carrier. That I'm gonna say yes to ministry and yes to my gifts and yes to using my gifts in ministry. Why? Because we've not only been freed from sin, we've been freed for mission. That's the big idea, okay? That's what we're about. And as we go with purpose, releasing the uniqueness of what God put on the inside of us, his glory, his greatness on the inside of us, releasing that into the world around us, people get saved, Jesus gets glorified, sin loses its glimmer, and we come alive, Yo, in fact, 1,800 years ago, this is what this whole series has revolved around. Saint Irenaeus said this, this amazing quote. He said, the glory of God is man fully alive. This is the big idea. This is the journey that we are on. Not just existing, but understanding that Jesus Christ came to give us life and life more abundantly. But that doesn't happen as we just sit stagnant. It actually happens as we live on mission and our hearts come ablaze. Now here's the deal though. I know all that can be overwhelming, right? Because we're talking about the history of the world. We're talking about God's mission from Genesis to Revelation. We're talking about why you're breathing. So maybe the best question we can just ask today, okay, is where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? 
Because if we're not careful, we just get this really big idea, but then we don't know what to do with it. We don't know where to go from here. Well, I have good news for us today when we ask, where do we go from here? Because when Jesus first called his disciples, all right, 2,000 years ago, and he's still calling us today, he actually told them, where do you go from here? And it's so simple. Here, here's what I've discovered. Maybe you discovered about Je- this about Jesus by now, is that people are the ones who make simple things complex. Jesus is the one who makes complex things simple. It doesn't mean that they're easy, but he makes complex things simple. Here's what Jesus said to them, and he says this to us, Matthew 4, 19. Jesus said this to his disciples. He said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Let's just look at those two highlighted parts there. Let's say this together. Follow me. Let's say this together. One, two, three. Follow me, and I will make you. Come on, somebody. I, I love how, notice Jesus. This is, the, you know, Peter and James and John and Andrew. These guys are fishermen. They're on the shore, right? He does not walk up to them and is like, hey guys, here's the deal. I need you to go to 17 classes. I need you to go to seminary. I need you to listen to this podcast. I need you to memorize 47 scriptures. I need you to get all the sin out of your life. I need you to do everything just perfect. And then I can use you. No, what he says is this, follow me and I will make you like me. Walk with me, and along that journey, you'll become more like me. Follow me, and I will make you into the you that I dream for you to be, right? But here's the idea, guys. You can't follow Jesus from your couch. And you can't follow, hey, hey, come on. You also can't follow Jesus from your church seat. Some of you are like, tell tell that to the online people today. Oh, wait a second. No, what? Because following Jesus involves movement. Now, here's the deal. Some of you moved, maybe for the first time, and you said, I'm gonna take this, this Jesus thing seriously, and so you're here in the room today. That's amazing. That's amazing. But here's the deal. Following Jesus involves movement, movement of the heart, movement of the soul, movement of the feet. We gotta start moving. And here's here's what Jesus tells us. As we follow Jesus, as we move, step by step by step by step, Jesus will transform our lives into the us that he created us to be. But it happens one step at a time. And listen, this room, if if you haven't witnessed that in your own life, this room is full of people who can attest to the truth of that. Listen, you are not who you wanna be, but by the grace of God, you are not who you used to be, right? Because as I follow Jesus one step, where do I go from here? One step at a time. As I follow him, he will make me more like him. It begins with one step. Step, one step. But here, here's what, what we also have to know, is that taking steps with Jesus isn't just for the people who just got saved. Come on, old church people. I'm an old church. Listen, I've been in church my entire life. Listen, if, if, there, if there's anybody in the world who could have said, like, I've reached where I need to be, it was the Apostle Paul, right? This guy wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Anybody else in here written two thirds <laughs> of the last half of the Bible? No, come on, 
right? And here's what Paul says, Philippians 3.12. He says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things. Notice the humility. Notice the awe of God, right? Compared to other people. Man, he, this guy's the greatest disciple who's ever lived. But, com, but compared to God, he said, there's always more growth in God. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Press on. I don't know about you today, guys, but I wanna be everything that God created me to be. I don't, I don't wanna do, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, some of us will get to heaven as though through fire. We're gonna be in like a, the rock, like explode, like, move, like action movie, like where it explodes behind us, right? And it's like, boom, and we just arrive in heaven, barely like escaping the, the pit of hell itself. We're like, woo, I was close. No, man, I, I don't wanna just barely. I don't want my life to be no more barely. Like, I, I wanna press on. I wanna hear, well done. I wanna become everything that God created me to be before even one of my days was written. God had them all written out. I wanna live to the last page. Come on, I don't wanna stop in the first chapter. I wanna live out everything that God wants for me. And when I follow Jesus one step at a time, he will make me into the me that he created me to be. And guys, I got, I got news for us, right? The devil's not afraid of you going to church, but the devil is terrified of you taking steps with God once you leave this place. We have to start moving, and especially in the day that we live in today, when the love of so many around us is growing cold, when so many Christians are living terrified and disconnected and apathetic and huddling behind closed doors, afraid of something in the world. Yet the fields are white for the harvest, and this generation has never been more hungry for God and trying to find him in everything else and in searching for meaning and looking for somebody to tell them, right? What we have to do is we have to be the people of God who one step at a time allow Jesus to make us more like him because I found that there is power in small steps. I have found that there is power in small steps. Don't despise small beginnings. There is power in small steps. In fact, here's some of the power. I wanna walk us through this real quickly. Here, here's, here's one of the, the amazing things about small steps is that small steps reveal the work that we're called to do. Small steps reveal the work that we're called to do. You know, last, last week, we talked about saying yes to finishing the work that God has called us to do. But, but here's, here's the big question. What's the work that God has called us to do? Right? And here's what I know. Small steps help us to get there. Because a lot of us view this idea of calling, right, is this mystical thing that I'm gonna stumble into. Right, like, like I'm, I'm gonna be driving down the street on my way back from work and God's gonna write it out in the clouds. I'm like, there it is. That's what I, you're gonna be eating cereal tomorrow morning and it's gonna form this, a prophet's gonna show up and they're like, I am from Zimbabwe and I'm here in Atlanta, Georgia, because the Lord told, no, come on guys. 
Like that, I'm, yes, okay, that can't happen. But 99.100% of the time, it doesn't happen. I know that that's not my story. In fact, let me say this, let me say this, okay? You, you may be surprised to hear me say this. I've never heard God say to me, Johnson, I called you to be a pastor and you're supposed to be pastor of Victory Church. I've never heard that in my entire life. But as I took small steps of obedience, God began revealing and opening up and making me into the me that he created me to be. Come on, somebody. Because most often, calling is a slow discovery over time. And it happens by putting one foot in front of the other. Psalm 37, 23 says, the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. So here's what this is saying. This, this means that you likely won't discover your calling from your couch. Right? Because a lot of us are like, like, God, you know, just show me what I'm supposed to do. No, God says, I will make your steps firm, which implies you're moving, not sitting. And what we have to do is we have to start delighting in God and following him. And in the process of following him, he will make our steps firm to begin revealing to us who he's called us to be. And so here, let me put it the simplest and the most powerful way that I possibly can. Here's the best advice I can ever give you on how to discover your calling. Let's put it up here. It's gonna blow your mind. Here's the best advice I can ever give you. <laughs> Just do something. Just do so I know I just blew your mind. You're like, all right, hold I'm gonna take some notes here for the first time of my life. If you have ever talked to me uh, in the lobby, right? You came up to me and it's like, like, I think I might have a call, like to, to start a business, to write a book, to, to do ministry in this way. If you talk to me about gifts or calling, anything like that, here, here's the phrase that I've told you. I've told you this. You cannot steer a parked car. You can't steer a parked car. Right, you gotta be moving. You ever, you ever tried to steer a parked car, right? It's like, uh, 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 but you still ain't going nowhere, right? For, for, for a car to be steered, you have to be moving. Then the good shepherd can guide the car, right? But the good shepherd can't guide a stubborn sheep. And I feel like this is what a lot of us are doing, okay? A lot of us are saying, God, if you would steer me, then I would go. And God's like, oh, if you would go, I would steer you. Because you cannot steer a parked car. And here, here's, here's one of the ideas of this, okay, guys, is that Brian Houston, the pastor of Hillsong, he said this, God did not make you one way to use you another way. See, a lot of us think like, oh, I, you know, to step into what I'm, I'm supposed to do or what I'm called to be, I gotta lay down like all this. I gotta lay down my experience. I gotta lay down my personality. I gotta lay down my gifts and all. No, 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 no. God did not make you one way to use you another way. So here's what I'm saying. Take what you're good at, what you're gifted at, what you love to do, that when you do it, it gives you life and start letting it out. And then in that process, God will start steering those passions towards the future of what might actually become your calling. 
right? And be, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here, well, let me prepare you for this. Some of you are going to say like, I think I'm going to love doing this. So you're going to sign up to serve in a certain part of the church, something like that. You're like, I'm going to let my gifts out. And you're going to get in there and you're going to hate it. And you're going to be like, ah, I guess this is just what I got to do. No, listen, 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 just listen. You can't steer a parked car. I found out this many times is that God steers you through your passions. Okay, so you're gonna step here. Here, let me just say it like this. Let me say it super transparent. Okay, years ago, Summer and I signed up uh, uh, to serve in the two-year-old room before we were married and before I had kids. I was like, I'm fun. I like children. I no, no. No, but some of you love it, right? So I got in there and I'm like, ooh, but I feel like I have to now, right? No, don't, don't get discouraged. Don't just pull out and be like, well, I tried it that one time. No, 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 listen, allow this to be your Thomas Edison moment. You just discovered another way not to make a light bulb. Right, And so God steers you away from that, but you're starting to move because you had this, this dream. You may have had this dream your whole life, 15 years. You're like, oh, that one day I'm gonna get into children's ministry and you go to school and you go to, you go to missionary training and you, go to, you get all this you know, schooling, you get your master's degree in children's education. You take a step in there and you're like, oh no. I spent $100,000 in 10 years of my life preparing for something I hate. No, let, start letting that gifting out and God will steer that. God will steer that passion. You just found something you're not called to. Fantastic. But God's now steering you into something else. Re allow that God's redirecting. Realize that God is redirecting you. And now begin releasing your gifts, your talents, your abilities in this direction. And here's, I guarantee you, here's what's gonna start happening. People are gonna start saying, wow, I've never seen this side of you. Wow, you're really good at that. You're gonna start noticing that God gets glory from this, that people are drawn closer to Jesus as you start letting those gifts and talents and abilities out. And as you just start discovering that, press down on the gas pedal. Give more of your time to that. Give more of your energy to that. Give more of your studies to that. Start growing in that area. Grow yourself. God will steer you. And step by step, you will start noticing that the dream of God is coming alive in your life, that you start saying, I think I might actually be called to that. And because you're going to notice that your heart is beginning to come fully alive fully alive. How? Through small steps. God starts revealing your calling. Here's the second thing. Through small steps, God starts revealing your calling. When we take small steps together, it turns exponential. All right, God starts revealing our calling through small steps. But here's something else amazing about small steps is that small steps taken together actually turns exponential. Uh, um, about a week and a half ago, I was in Montgomery, Alabama. And it's there in downtown Montgomery at this place called Court Square. If you're familiar with that area, you know what I'm talking about, is there is a statue of a little woman. You know who that? Rosa Parks. There's a statue of Rosa Parks where she famously boarded the bus and refused to give up her seat to a white person. And when she was arrested a few blocks later, something sparked because there was a pastor in that town 
You know what his name was? Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who joined with her and all of a sudden thousands others join with her and they call for a bus boycott in that city as they locked their arms together, which eventually led to the desegregation of buses in that city, which eventually led to the integration of schools, which led to the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which led to the Voting Rights Act of 1965. And listen, the justice began flowing down like a river as people joined their arms to take steps Together, God did something. God's hand, here's what I've discovered. God's hand comes upon unity. God's blessing comes upon unity when his people lock arms together and together we can do infinitely more than we ever could alone. I don't know what your Bible says, but Deuteronomy 32 tells me that, if, that one can put 1,000 to flight and two can put 10,000 to flight. Why? Because God's hand, when God's hand comes among us, God's presence is with us. God's blessing comes upon unity and it turns exponential. And I've seen this exponential power when people begin serving together. Listen, when you put your hand to the plow to serve and you lock arms with the Christian next to you to put their hands to serve as they lock arms with the person next to them. We can do infinitely more than we ever could together. I've seen this in ushers. I've seen it in greeters. I've seen it on outreaches and mission trips as we serve together. I've seen the exponential power when we give together. I've been on the ground in Ethiopia and India and Nicaragua and Haiti and so many other places. And I've seen the power of our giving as we build hospitals and dig wells and rescue sex trafficking victims because we can do way more together than we ever could alone. I've seen the exponential power happen when we evangelize together. Listen, if one can put a thousand to flight and two can put 10,000 to flight, what can 10,000 do? Let me say it like this. This is simple, but it's not easy. But listen, listen, when I say this, say 10,000 of us this next year, 10,000 of us across Victory, across all of our campuses, 10,000 of us, every single one of us leads one person to Jesus and we're part of their discipleship journey. I'm not asking you to lead a crusade. <laughs> one person. Then by this time next year, 10,000 turned into 20,000. Do that for another year, 20,000 turned into 40,000. Do that for another year, 40,000 turned into 80,000. You realize in three and a half years from now, just by each of us leading one person to Jesus every single year, then we could have reached the 100,000 people inside Victory that God has called us to reach. In three and a half years. I'm not saying that we're gonna do that because so many people are like, ah, that's the pastor's job. No, but those of us who actually lock our arms together on mission, God's hand's gonna come upon that. You're gonna lead people to Christ. Jesus Christ is gonna get glory. Sin's gonna lose its allure and you're gonna come fully alive. As each of us takes small steps and we do it together, God's hand comes upon that in miraculous ways. And listen, this is why we absolutely have to wage war with the spirit of the age today, which is for isolation, which is for individualism, which is for me and Jesus. We have to wage war against that because again, the enemy's not just afraid of you by yourself. The enemy is afraid of the people of the living God locking arms together to go on mission because that's how God turns the world upside down. And so here's what we have to do. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on. Imagine a cowboy on a horse, right? Spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together 
as some are in the habit of doing in, in, in COVID, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You need others. Others need you. We need to spur each other on to step forward together, to walk towards Jesus together. And as we walk towards Jesus together, he will make us into who he dreamed that we would be. Guys, what we have to do once again as the people of the living God, we have to tap into the power of us. We have to tap into the power of we, that God's blessing, look at, even look at Acts 2, right? That God's blessing comes upon unity when the people of God, uh, um, John 17, Jesus' high priestly prayers that we would be one. Why? Because God's blessing rests upon unity. God's resting blessing rests upon oneness. And so we have to fight this spirit of the age today that's just us four and no more, that it would just cause us, even though we're right by a campus, to just stream online or whatever that is, whatever that draw that would cause us to just come into a church building and then sit down on Sunday morning and stand up and walk back out and not know anybody, not be on mission with anybody. We have to kill that because individualism will destroy the work of God in your life. But when we do it together... God's hand comes upon that and it turns exponential. Here's the third thing. Here's the last thing. That the power of small steps. Here's what small steps do. Small steps can become giant leaps. Oh, come on. We've all heard uh, the astronaut Neil Armstrong's quote, right? Come on. One small step. I don't know why he's saying the class. One small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. Why? Why? Because we all instinctively know that some steps are more important than others. We know that the journey of a thousand miles, what? Begins with a single step. A few years ago, I ran a thousand miles in one year. It's crazy, it was dumb. I hated it by the end of it. This does not wanna run a thousand miles. Right here, what you're looking at. But here's what I'll say. The most important mile was the first one. Because I had to commit to something. I had to do something. I couldn't just sit back and be like, oh, I'd really like to lose weight. <laughs> I had to do something, right? And God can take even the smallest of beginnings and turn them into something giant, right? One small step can turn into a giant leap for our future. But here's the problem, right? The problem is most of us cannot identify the important steps and distinguish them from the unimportant steps because they pretty much all look the same in the moment. But there's this gift of this thing called time where we can turn around and we can say, if I hadn't taken that step, I wouldn't be where I am today. But here's the deal. We don't know that in the moment. So what's our responsibility? Listen, our responsibility is to take a step the results are in God's hands. But it's our responsibility to follow Jesus. And as we do that, he will take those small steps and he will turn them into giant steps. He will redirect you, he will steer you, and he will take you forward into the future that he has you as he makes you into who he wants you to be. In John 2, right, Jesus turns water into wine. You remember that story? Some of you are like, that's my favorite story in the entire book. Okay. <laughs> It wasn't grape juice, I'm sorry, it was wine. Um, <clears throat> here's what he does, here's what he does. He doesn't just like, boom, wine. 
What does he do? He says, hey guys, fill up these big jars with water, and then he takes their small step, he, t- he takes their ordinary, and he adds his extraordinary, and it becomes a miracle. As they took a small step in Exodus 14, uh, uh, um, uh, the people of God are up against the Red Sea. Pharaoh's army is pressing down around them. And then God says, hey, Moses, lift up your staff. Moses is like, come on, what's this gonna do? He lifts it up. God parts the Red Sea. The Red Sea did not part until he took his step, but God took his ordinary, added his extraordinary. He took his small step and turned it into a giant leap to free the people of God from slavery. Some of you have been waiting for your freedom and you're sitting back and saying, well, God, just, you know, just, just tell me what to do. God's saying, move, do something and I will steer you and I will lead you out of slavery into the promised land. Because in Joshua 3, Joshua and the priest are right there at the, at the river Jordan. And God says, when you take the ark and the priest step their foot in the Jordan River, it will part. It did not part until they stepped into the river and God took their ordinary, added his extraordinary, and they entered into the life that God had for them. In Matthew 14, Jesus calls Peter out of the boat. Peter actually steps out of the boat onto the ocean. Come on, Jesus. And what we discover is that God can take small steps, turn them into giant leaps. And what we found out in that moment is what's impossible with man is possible with God when we follow him into the unknown. And here's what I've discovered about God, guys. A mundane movement can unlock a miraculous moment. A mundane movement can unlock a miraculous moment. Small steps that don't seem like they mean anything to you, God can use that and transform that to take you into a miraculous future. Because each one of these people right here, they they had to be willing to step out of the familiar into the unfamiliar. They all had reasons to stay on the other side. They all had reasons to stay in the boat. They all had reasons to stay on the dry places. But God said, hey, I need you to step out of the fear of failure. I need you to step out of the fear of your comfort zone. I need you to step out of the fear of what other people think about you. Come on, fear of not having enough money, fear of not having enough time. God can take all that and when we step out of the boat and say, I don't care what other people think about me, I wanna hear well done. And so what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna take one step and allow Jesus to make me because you never know what's on the other side of your one step. You don't know. You don't know, and that's the problem because we see a step, we're like, ah, it's just one step, and we never take it, but that's exactly the step that God was gonna use as the first domino to take you forward in this long trail of steps into who God called you to be. In 1994, I took my one step into faith in Jesus Christ. I then took the step to be involved in youth and church every single weekend. The summer that I graduated, I took the step when they asked me to be involved in leading the youth group in that interim time between high school and college. I then took the step to leave all of my friends back in North Carolina and to come down to Georgia to go to God's college. Come on, Jesus, it's a good year to be a Georgia Bulldog. In that same year, in 1997, I took the step of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. That same weekend, I asked a girl named Summer Waldrich on a date. 
I took the step, I went back, I took the step of sharing my faith in college for the very first time. December of 1998, we took the step of attending this church that we didn't know anything about called Victory World Outreach. Few name changes later, <laughs> here we are. We then took the step, come on Jesus, of serving in the two-year-old ministry. God help us. But it was a step. It was a step. In June, June 27, 2000, I put a ring on it, y'all. September 1st, I married the love of my life and Summer Walters turned into Summer Bowie. We then took the step of beginning to attend Fusion Young Adults, 18 to 30 year olds. If you aren't in Fusion and you're 18 to 30, what are you doing with your life? In 2002, um, after we had taken the step of joining a married small group, our married small group leaders asked us to help to lead that group, so we took the step of leadership. In 2003, we took the step of starting to lead our own married small group. In 2004, I preached for the very first time. In 2004, we started attending ministry school. In 2000, beginning of 2005, I was the interim pastor of the English-speaking side of a Korean Baptist church over on Peachtree Industrial Boulevard, but that's a whole different story. In 2005, at the end of it, we took the step of coming on staff here to lead Fusion Young Adults. In 2010, we launched out to start Victory Hamilton Mill. In 2020, we took the step of becoming senior pastors here. And this morning, I took the step to walk onto this platform to tell you that it's time to take a step. <laughs> because you just don't know what God is going to do with your next step to launch you into your future. The giant things come from very small steps. Giant things come from very small steps because most of us overestimate what we can do in a year, but we underestimate what we can do in 10 years. And your family needs you to take a step. Your friends need you to take a step. Your future needs you to take a step. So today, we're beginning something at Victory called One Step. I are like, how did you come up with that name? Oh, that's really original. Take a step. Here's what One Step is. One Step is a culture of movement. Okay, here's what I mean by that. One Step is us as the people of God putting one foot in front of the other, following Jesus and allowing God to use those steps to reveal our calling, allowing God to take those steps and combine them with the steps of the person next to us to do something exponential and to take those small steps to begin leading us forward in giant leaps into the future of what God has for us individually and corporately. And you're gonna hear this a thousand times, I promise you. You're gonna hear this a thousand times. Wherever you are, take one step. I don't care if you're not saved, you've been saved for a week, you've been saved for 50 years. Wherever you are, take one step. And there are steps that you need to take inside the church and there are steps that you need to take outside the church, okay? Let me give you a few. Some of you today, you need to ask for prayer. You need to ask for prayer. Can we just be honest? You've been too afraid or you've been too proud to do it. But that could be the step that God uses to launch you into your future. Some of you tomorrow morning, you need to go into work, schedule a meeting with your boss, and go ahead and ask for the raise. <laughs> Never said it'd be easy, but it's time. It's time. It's time. Maybe your one step is forgiving the person who wronged you or calling the person that you wronged. Maybe your one step today 
is opening up your Bible and reading. You're like, I don't even know where to start. Start in Matthew. You gotta start somewhere, start in Matthew. All right? First book, first one of the gospels talking about Jesus Christ, how he came on the scene, bridging the gap between Old Testament and New Testament, okay? So here, let, let, me, let me do this though. There are a handful of steps, one steps, that we're actually launching here inside Victory, okay? Or maybe kind of putting into a formal place. And so can we kind of put this image up here? If you were to open up your phone today, which some of you are going to do, you would find these steps here together all in the same place. And so let me, let me just kind of walk you through it. Some of you, your, your next step is actually to come to faith in Jesus Christ, okay? But, and then you're gonna click on that button and there's gonna be a handful of videos. They're gonna start talking to you about what does it mean to follow Jesus? Because this isn't just a Sunday morning thing and then you go on your way. What does it actually look like to live as this thing called a disciple? Getting baptized, this is water baptism, all right? This is your, if you have not been water baptized since you gave your life to Jesus, this is your next step. This, no, no, what else should I do? No, no, start here. One step, you need to be water baptized. Moving forward, this is some of the forward or growth classes that we have around here. Listen, this, this is going to expand as we move forward, but here's where we're launching with. This is your personal growth place there and moving forward. Discover victory, that's coming up very soon. That's gonna be an opportunity that if you've been a part of the church for a while, or maybe you're brand new, but you don't know anybody, you don't really know much about the church, you've never, never really gotten connected, this is your place to do that. That's coming up, make that a priority to be there. Maybe that's your one step. Joining victory, this is membership. This is putting a ring on it. This is saying, I'm gonna actually commit to something in my life. I'm gonna be a part of this house right here, and this house is gonna be a part of me, okay? That's the membership. Uh, um, the, the, join, uh, the connection, this is small groups, okay? This is, this is our place of community here inside the church. Some of you need to join small groups. Now, here's what I'd say. If, if you go on there today, because a lot of our groups are still meeting virtual in this season, if you go on there today and you can't find a group for you to join, guess what? It means you gotta start one. Okay, all right, serving. This is places to serve in the community, like community outreach, but also serving here inside the church. Maybe you've wondered, how do I get involved in serving? One step, okay? And then the last thing is leading. We actually have a formal front door now into leadership here in the church. Maybe you've been sitting in a seat for way too long and you actually need to stand up and start leading other people who are sitting in seats to train them how to lead other people who they're gonna bring into the seats to be a disciple who makes disciples, to, be a, to make disciples, to make disciples, okay? So here's what I'm gonna say. Don't sign up for every single one of those today. Because I know some of you are like, check, 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 right? One, maybe two, max. If you find yourself signing up for three, be like, don't do that. You wait a week, right? Just <laughs> take one step. We're not doing the triple jump. Okay, one step at a time. Just begin movement, following Jesus, and he will start to make you. If you're a youth today, go to one step. And you're like, how do I serve in victory? Go to one step. How do I lead in youth? Go to one step. Click on the lead button, right? And there's gonna be some next steps there. So let's put this next image up here. All right, so that is the spot to do it. All right, so you can pull out your phones, take a picture of it, do the QR code. If you can't remember, connect to victory.com, then, then I'm sorry. <laughs> just, take, just take a picture of the, of the thing, all right? Um, use your phone. Um, uh, we are, we, you may have walked past it today and you saw in the lobby, we actually now have dedicated spaces in every single one of our lobbies, in every single campus, for one step. 
all right? And there's gonna be some, after service, there's gonna be some people out there today and every Sunday uh, who are wearing lanyards and we're calling them our tour guides, right? These are our tour guides of how to take an exit because some of you are like, I just don't know, all right? Then you need to talk to somebody today. A lot of you already know, okay? Don't go, don't go out there and talk just to talk, all right? Take your step, take your step, take one step. Why? Because what feels like a mundane movement God can use that to spark a miraculous moment, right? Because, because getting water baptized may not feel like this, this big thing before you do it, but I'm telling you, it will be the catalyst that God uses to launch you into your future with God of becoming fully alive. Signing up for the ushers may not feel like that big of a deal, but what's gonna happen is you're gonna come into community and it could become exactly the thing that God uses to get you unstuck in this season. Joining a small group may not feel like a big thing, but God could actually use that as a catalyst to help you break free from that addiction that has been plaguing you for so long. Listen, why? Because mundane movements can become miraculous moments with God. Because Jesus says, follow me. That implies movement. And in that journey, I will make you. So here's the question. Where is Jesus calling you to follow him today? What concrete steps or step can we actually take? And here's a really good question too. How can I help someone else take their one step? here inside the room, online, or in life today. I'm not just talking about, yeah, I need my neighbor to serve in ushers on the production team. No, what's, maybe I just need to intentionally be nice to them one time this week. What's your one step? Because you just don't know what lies on the other side of your one step. Go on, let's bow our heads. Let's talk to Jesus for a minute. <sighs> Father, I thank you that so many years ago, Jesus issued this simple call. It's not easy, but it is simple. Where he says, follow me, and I will make So here's what I wanna do in this moment. I just, I just kinda wanna pause. Let's give it maybe 30 seconds, okay? And let's each one of us say this. Let's just say it in our own hearts. God, give me ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Give me ears to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. God, reveal to me one step, whether it's here inside the church or outside the church. God, reveal to me one step. Okay, let's take 30 seconds on that. trust that you are leading us step by step into the future 
green pastures, still waters, the high places that you have prepared for us. And I, I, I believe this today, God, there are thousands of steps that are gonna be taken today. Thousands of people taking thousands of steps, one at a time. But here's, here's what I know, the most important step we could ever take is the step of faith into Jesus Christ. Say, God, I repent of my sin and I come to faith in Jesus to forgive me, to make me new, that you are God. And so let's, let's just kind of pause on that moment right now because before any of the other steps, <laughs> here's the one step. It's the step to say yes to Jesus. And so let's, let's do this. If you're in the room or you're online and you say, I need to say yes to Jesus, that's my one step today. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. Today I say yes to Jesus. That's my one step. It's good. Yeah. You can put your hands down. We're gonna pray this together here in the room and online, family of God. We're gonna join in with you. Let's pray like this. Say, Jesus. Thank you for loving the world so much that you gave your life. You died on the cross in my place. Thank you. Today, I turn, I repent of my sin, of my broken path, of those wicked steps. And I turn to take this one step into faith in Jesus. Forgive me of my sins, make me new, set my heart on fire with mission to live for the Father. From here on out, my life belongs to you. In Jesus' name. Come on, just allow forgiveness to wash over you once again, new life to wash over you again. The affirmation of the Father saying, you are my child to wash over you. And right there at that place, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you. So Jesus, come make us, come form us through these small steps into who you dream for us to be and into who we long to be. And God, I pray this over us. May we here at Victory, God, if you ought to start somewhere, start here. God, may we become a people focused on this vibrant, joy-filled, history-spanning mission of God. And through that great work, God, may the exponential blessing of God come. God, through, through your work, through us on mission, may thousands come to know Jesus Christ as their king. May families be built. May communities be transformed. May cultures be reconciled. May nations be impacted. And through it all, God, bring glory to Jesus Christ. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. And in the process of it, God, give us the joy of being fully alive. One step at a time. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Hey, let's give it up for everybody who just said yes to Jesus today.